But just that piece right there that um, regardless of um, what I think I believe and what I, how I, my thoughts about what I believe put me in a certain camp that makes me think like, oh, I'm in the camp that believes the right thing. And of, of course, Jesus called his followers to follow him because of trusting a vision of reality and that what he says is true. But in those chapters, the quality and health of my interpersonal relationships tell the real truth about what I believe and who I think I am and who I think God and other people are. Happy birthday to the All Things All People podcast. This is our 52nd episode of the show, putting out uh, one episode a week for the last 52 weeks, we are here. We made it to one year, um, and I could not be more excited for not just this episode, but what this episode signifies. Um, before we get to our guest and um, you know everything else going on in the life of ATAP, as we've come to call it, I just want to thank you, um, the listener. If you, if this is your first one, you know, <clears throat> you see Tim Mackey and you're like, okay, I'm gonna try this podcast out. I'm glad that you're joining in, um, but you know, really, we've had some really faithful listeners from all the way back, and um, I'm just thankful for you. You know, it's been amazing to see the growth of the show over the last year. Um, by no means do I think we are <laughs> where we want to be, but um, but we're definitely getting there. And having listeners like you um, is definitely what has gotten us as far as we are. And having guests like we have. Um, I thought briefly about reading off every name of every guest that we've had uh, because I'm just so thankful for each and every one of them, but I don't want to bore you, but you know, like go back and look at our guest list. If you're not really familiar with it, I, I personally, um, I know I'm biased, but I think we have one of the best guest lists of any Christian podcast around. And I don't say that like braggadociously. It's just like, I listen to Christian podcasts and I have honestly been really humbled this year to see the character and integrity um, of so many of our guests, actually all of our guests, but also willingness to just help out a small organization like ATAP. Um, and so just a few that I want to make sure to thank. Um, I definitely want to thank Felicia Masonheimer. Uh, she was on a few weeks ago and she has been a huge, huge blessing um, to us. Um, people like academics like Dr. Andreas Kostenberger, Dr. Joshua Swamidas, um, Dr. Christina Crenshaw, um, so many others who have really shared a lifetime of learning and expertise, uh, Gordon Nickel, um, so many people like that. <clears throat> Near and dear to my heart, there's two that I want to make sure to, to give a shout out to. Um, one is a guy named Jorge Heal. He was actually our first guest. He's the executive director of Cross-Examined. But then right after him um, is Karen Swallow Pryor who many people know, and um, she had really no business doing our show as our second guest, um, and I still don't really know why she did it, but she did, and she was a huge help to us. So many others, Mike Bird, Justin Brierly, Christy McClellan, guys like Joe Barnes, Russell Moore. I mean, seriously, I'm about to name them all off because I don't want to leave anybody out, but I'm not going to. Um, go back and check it out. We've been really, really blessed. We've been really, really lucky. And um, you should go back and listen to the ones you haven't listened to. But today, we have something really special. Uh, for our 52nd episode, it just so happens that one of the founders of The Bible Project, 
Tim Mackey is our guest. Now, Tim um, is an amazing guy, brilliant, honestly, just like brilliant, a genius when it comes to the Bible. And you're going to hear his heart, something that I think sometimes we don't get to hear in these videos that he narrates, um, these scripts that he helps write, these podcasts that him and um, John Collins, the co-founder, host, um, you're going to get to hear him talk about why it is that he does what he does. And it was an honor to have him on the show. And honestly, I couldn't have picked a better guest to signify what 52 weeks of the all things, all people podcast is to us. Uh, somebody that, that me and all the people that helped me with this show and organization, we all look up to Tim and what the Bible project's doing. And so before we get to that, I want to take an opportunity to just, um, let you know that this summer and this fall, uh, our speaking calendar here at All Things All People is um, is open. It's certainly starting to fill up. Um, I already have a couple trips booked, but um, I would love to come and speak at your event, come and speak at your church, your youth group, college ministry. Um, and so you can go check out our speaking page, um, allthingsallpeople.org slash speaking. Um, I love to go to groups, whether it be high school, college, whatever, and do what we call Ask Hard Question Night, uh, where... We give your students, your young people, or whoever it might be, the opportunity to ask the questions that they've had, they've had burning inside of them. Um, as well as that, um, I teach uh, on world religions and uh, different philosophies and um, things like that. And I would love to come and work with your group, um, speak on a particular religion, philosophy, faith, thought system, whatever else you want to call it. Um, so yeah, make sure to reach out to us at allthingsallpeople.org slash speaking, or you can email me directly, jeremy at allthingsallpeople.org. A little bit longer intro today because it is our birthday, but <laughs> um, all that aside, I'm excited for you to hear uh, what it was one of my favorite interviews to do, one of the ones I was most excited to do, but certainly as I look at our calendar, we have so many awesome ones coming, and I can't wait to see what next year holds. Um, and I hope that you'll be there with us, seeing with us. And so with that in mind, let's do episode 52, Christian Thinker for this week, Tim Mackey. My next guest has degrees in biblical studies from Multnomah University. Western Seminary, where he also has served as an adjunct professor and a PhD in Hebrew Bible and Jewish studies from the University of Wisconsin. He has been part of leading and pastoring multiple churches, including Door of Hope Church in Portland, as well as distributing his many years of teaching on his podcast, Exploring My Strange Bible. He and his friend John Collins, who he met while interning at the very skateboard ministry where he met Jesus, started the Bible Project where their mission is to help people experience the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus. Helping to lead that ministry, Tim, John, and their amazing team have created some of the most dynamic and fresh Bible teaching around. And so with that in mind, it is my honor to have on the show today, Tim Mackey. Tim, thank you so much for making time to be on the show. Yeah, Jeremy, absolutely. It's good to talk with you. Yeah. Um, so plenty of things that I've just been looking forward to talking to you about. But when I think about Tim Mackey all those years ago, um, I know you've been skating since like you were like a preteen and uh. you, 
Eleven. I, I was eleven. It's very like 11, very yeah. clear memory of the day in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was such a formative part of of your uh, adolescence. Yeah. Um, if, if somebody's in Portland today, is there still a chance that they might see Tim Mackey at a skate park or uh, street skating, or you just, know is it just books and research and Bible project just uh, takes too much time? Yeah, the odds are really low now. I'm entering my mid forties this year, mm-hmm. and um, I injured I, I got my first fracture uh, all the years of skateboarding yeah. as a teen i never broke anything but i um fell off a motorized skateboard a few months ago and right onto my hip and just mm. fractured my hip socket so oh I, my gosh it's gonna be a long time before i skateboard again wow <laughs> maybe never and i'm still yeah. reckoning with that but See, anyway, that confirms, there, it. It, that confirms it for me. For all these years, I've watched Casey Neistat on that boosted <laughs> board, and I've thought that has to be so dangerous. And here you are telling me, totally. And I, it just seemed like great fun at the time until you fall <laughs> off one going 16 miles an hour, which doesn't mm. sound like it's that no, fast. That's pretty quick. It turns out it's a lot of force on your bones. So yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Well, well, maybe it's for the best. Uh, <laughs> My wife certainly thinks that. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, so, so for for people who who might not be that familiar with you, I'm sure that many of our audience is at least familiar with your voice because you know for the last like seven years, I think you and like I said, your friend John have yeah. been pioneering this this Bible project, and it has just grown so amazingly well. And it's uh, for those who don't know. Um, started off really as i mean as what it is today but mm. a very simple youtube channel putting out graphic design videos with you mm. sometimes just you you and john having a distilled conversation mm-hmm. um teaching the bible is that still i mean is it more exciting than ever now i mean i know mm-hmm. you left kind of left local church pastoring to mm-hmm. do that full time is it still as exciting as it was seven years ago yeah oh yeah it's uh I mean, even in my years of pastoral ministry, I was definitely more like the nerd pastor mm-hmm. um, who couldn't get a job being a professor kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but, I can but, relate. Yeah. But, uh, only, uh, I mean, half joking, really. I really, my passion was to distill good, scholarly informed biblical theology into the lifeblood of the local church. And so, in many ways, it's just a shift in venue. Instead mm-hmm. of just doing it at one church, it's doing it through this medium yeah. of, of explainer videos and podcasts. But um, yeah, I, I'm having the time of my life every day. I can't believe that I get to work in biblical literature and just with mm-hmm. stories about Jesus for my job. I just don't. It's yeah. such a privilege. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, one of our past guests, um, Dr. Michael Heiser, I think, oh, has yeah, worked absolutely. with you a little bit. Yeah. And the, in the fact, spirit- we, we went to the same graduate school. We overlapped one year at the University really? of Wisconsin. Yeah, wow. totally. My yeah. first year was his last year. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, yeah. so I've heard it. Uh, so here's the amazing thing. So, I, you know, just the podcast I listen to. Yeah. I've both heard. Mike Heiser call you a friend and N.T. Wright. Did you know that N.T. Wright once called you a friend on his show? Really? Oh, yes. He said wow. my friend Tim Mackey. And I thought, oh, my wow. goodness. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. OK. Oh, man, I've, <laughs> I'll, I'll find it for you. I'm feeling and I'll send a lot better about my day. Well, you know, we hung out for one whole day oh, uh, a couple of years ago. And it was really, really formative for me because he yeah. has been at big influence and uh, uh, I'm wow! I'm really honored. That's I'll find you. Sorry. I'll find you the clip and I'll send it just well, to prove it. But He's, yeah, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, so so, just 
for those who are not not that familiar, you know, like these, yeah. these series and these these different types of videos, they're profound. And, and I'll, I'll link to some of them in the show notes. But um, like you said, it, it sort of stemmed, I think, from yeah. um, being in the local church and teaching. And f- for those who haven't checked out Exploring My Strange Bible, um, it, it's actually sort of discontinued now, which is <laughs> for, for those of us sort of sad. But you're yeah. conti- you and John have yeah. the Bible Project podcast, which is phenomenal. Um, but one of the, the, the hallmarks of the videos and really it seems like the mission of the Bible Project is helping people see the Bible and Jesus for what it and he actually is. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. one thing that I've always appreciated. And yeah. um, I, I've been if, impacted by that. So many of my friends have been. And I've heard you say yeah. in talking about how to approach the scriptures is that being a follower of Jesus and a student of scriptures is actually about having the habit of open-mindedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've expressed how some of your favorite videos to make are the ones that challenge our cultural assumptions mm. most. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. what, what has that been like to have been at least one of the leading voices in, in Western mm. culture mm. Of, of helping people, whether they've been a Christian their entire life or mm. they are, they've never been a Christian, but they watch mm. your videos and they go, mm. oh, I've never seen it that way. What has that been like for the last mm-hmm. seven years? Well, um... I mean, I suppose uh, I'm just trying to invite people into um, this experience that I keep having, keep having going all the way back to really hearing the stories about Jesus for the first time from peers in a way I can understand at a skateboard park, which is um, who, uh, let's just let's start with Jesus because it's well, yeah. just one, a more manageable, smaller part of the Bible, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, not that he's manageable. But, you know, I just, uh, I I had these conceptions about Christianity and Jesus from childhood and from church attendance that our our family did when I was young. And, you know, it was all just very milquetoast and bland and Mm. whatever. I don't know what it was. Not, certainly not compelling. (laughs) And, uh, and so I just remember as a young, you know, late teens, early twenties and, um, the stories that Jesus would tell captured my imagination because they weren't they wouldn't do things the way i expected stories to work of like there's good guys and bad guys and the right people win and it was always that's just upside down Mm -hmm. everything's upside down and then the the kinds of people that jesus seemed to value the most um were uh, actually this is part of jesus that i loved as skateboarder because he totally has a stick it to the man yeah thing going you know (laughs) and uh you know, the people that he was most frustrated with were religious people invested in the status quo. And so I loved that, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a young punk. And uh, so I, it's, he's compelling. And this, yeah. but, but what's interesting is my journey of following Jesus has perpetually, nonstop, been one of, oh, I thought I actually was beginning to understand. And now I realize, like, I've just been imposing all of these subconscious ideas onto Jesus. And just hearing him as an echo chamber, it's just my own self back to me yeah. through Jesus. And so for me, that's what scholarship, the journey of scholarship is to having control mechanisms and tools to like check the echo chamber and oh, shut off one whole like echo thing that I didn't even know I was projecting onto him. And once you begin to, it's kind of like friendships. Like once you really hear somebody for what they're saying and you realize it's pointing out real like lack 
in your own view of the world or like, well, oh, I need to hear that or that's good for me to hear. That's painful. Uh, I don't, it's just really dynamic. And so mm-hmm. it's been life changing for me. And it does, it keeps happening with every part of the Bible. Like I think I got it and then I don't got it. And uh, <laughs> so uh, that's for me, open mindedness. Yeah. It's not like staged. It's like my actual experience yeah. <laughs> yeah. following following Jesus. And so th- that's a part of what we're what we're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, so in reference to the old podcast, Exploring My Strange Bible, I remember um, when I first stumbled upon that. And I, I of course, I had, I had known about the Bible Project, and um, I didn't know much about you. And so my first introduction to you was mm. Exploring My Strange Bible. And I don't know where it was, but I heard you explain that title and basically sort of say, like, you know, some of the things that when we talk about the Bible mm. and we, we talk about Jesus and we talk about Christianity, we talk about them as if they are in the Bible. But then we open up the Bible and we go, I can't find it. Oh, you know, sure. and, yeah, and, sure. and I, and I think about when I was like a really young youth pastor and I would use the, you know, in explaining Jesus, the two cliffs and how God makes a cross and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I remember mm-hmm. hearing you talk about that and being mm-hmm. like, man, I'm sure that some kids like went home and tried to find that in their Bible and they were frustrated that they couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and, yeah. Yeah. So how much, yeah. um, you know, how much of your teaching, you know, whether it be Blackhawk, Door of Hope, the Bible project, all of these things has been trying to get people to understand, you know, Hey, the, we can actually just talk about what's in the Bible and not mm. come up with these new ways of doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like how much of it has been that in your mind? Well, I mean, just again, my own journey of faith and following Jesus has been that has yeah. been that yeah. very thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and you know, this as a communicator, you're both, you can only share like what you've worked through yeah. yourself. And so, um, yes, I, I, you know, I think I feel like a broken record, but, um, my experience has been perpetually one of, I thought the Bible was saying this and half the, there have been some times where it's like, Oh, I was just dead wrong. I can't find that anywhere. And mm-hmm. here's what is, is actually happening in the Bible that usually it's more of, well, uh, there were a few things that I was paying attention to and linking them together, but the way those ideas were connected in my mind wasn't at all how they're actually connected in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I was missing out on like these eight other things that yeah. will transform how you talk about that whole topic. Yeah. And when, once you see it from that angle, it's like, whoa, I have a whole new way of envisioning how to address this or that issue. Mm-hmm. And so it's more like that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe yeah. the, the analogy would... Um, more be like going to visit a museum and realizing like, oh, I've only ever gone into like three rooms, but there's all this other stuff that would completely yeah. mm-hmm. give me so much uh, more to work with uh, mm-hmm. if I went into all these other parts of the exhibit. So that's maybe yeah. Yeah. something like that. And so yeah. that just keeps being my experience. And it is like as of last week with a whole bunch of yeah. whole bunch of stuff. And so mm-hmm. I I really don't know what to do about it because I want to share and teach. Yeah. But also I I now like listen to anything that's from three or four years ago. I'm like, oh no, like oh, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm missing that. I didn't hadn't thought about that thing yet. And what can, mm-hmm. I guess we're just humans, so that's the way I, it is. <laughs> I, I can completely relate. So you know I've been a pastor for like ten years now, and um, I'm kind of like you. Like I think. I don't necessarily always feel like the lead pastor type role. And I serve on a, a team of lead pastors, so to mm-hmm. speak. And so I, I sometimes feel like my role is like, okay, 
the nerd, you know, the teacher. And yeah. so sometimes I feel this pressure hmm. to like, oh, I feel like I should have known that. And this past mm. year mm. for me, as I'm sure for you at times, like there's just always like something, some topic or some book of the Bible. For me, it's been the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And yeah. Um, like I've listened to you teach on it. I've listened mm. to, I've read John Stott and all these things. Can for listeners who are just kind of like, why are these guys talking about Jesus as if they they're just now discovering him? You know, like <laughs> um, like 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 when they when we first discover, like you grew up yeah. in in, in yeah, the sure. Northwest during like yeah. grunge rock, so like yeah. you like the first time you heard Pearl Jam or Nirvana or something like that, you were like, oh my gosh, I've never heard anything like this, and that's yeah. how I feel when I read Matthew five, six, and seven. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. is it about Jesus, and specifically, let's just even use those chapters, yeah. like. For listeners who maybe just don't understand how amazing Jesus is, what mm. is it so radical about mm. Jesus and his teaching mm. that blows you away? Mm. Um, yeah, the Sermon on the Mount is uh, endless, endless, yeah. truly, truly bottomless. Um, yeah, you know, and I've actually done a lot of thinking. We're working on a 10-part video series on the Sermon on the Mount that's oh, going to start releasing in somewhere in the next year. Because it's been so transformative in my whole view of reality. Um, you know, I think, I think how I'd put it right now is that w what Jesus is inviting us in just three chapters of condensed teaching, it's a, it's a whole way of not just viewing reality, but a, a way of being a human being in which the, the quality and health of my interpersonal relationships are the truest barometer of my relationship to the universe at large mm. and to God. Um, and that they're so intertwined that you can't, you can't pry them apart. Um, and this has to do with his assumption about the image of God, that humans are an image of God, and so how you relate to a human is how you relate to God and vice versa. Mm. And, but just that piece right there that... Um, Regardless of um, what I think I believe and what I, how I, my thoughts about what I believe put me in a certain camp that makes me think like, oh, I'm in the camp that believes the right thing. Mm -hmm. And of, of course, Jesus called his followers to follow him because of trusting a vision of reality and yeah. that what he says is true. But in those chapters, the quality and health of my interpersonal relationships tell the real truth about what I believe and who I think I am and who I think God and other people are. And um, I just find that that's endless because that's not yeah. like, a, it's not something you memorize because every single day presents me with a whole new opportunity mm. to find out what I actually believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the lived embodied experience. And uh, I don't, you know, I'm a parent of little kids and so mm -hmm. every day I'm challenged. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to discover what I, who I am, and so j that's not really an intellectual concept, but it is a it's a mental, yeah. imaginative concept of of viewing in relational reality as primary, and that was very clearly how Jesus viewed yeah. viewed, viewed reality. He confronted the most powerful, influential people of his day in the mm -hmm. form of a high priest and a Roman governor, and you can just tell from the interactions he had with them, he he could have cared less about them. Like what he cared about were like these poor, like skin disease people he came across and people with like back pain and like that's who he moved yeah. towards and cared about. That's powerful stuff, man. Like yeah. 
I, I'm still not fully that kind of person. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think some people who are listening might make the mistake of listening, maybe even to the introduction that I read about you and PhDs and grad school and this and this and this. But when Jesus says, you've heard it said, but what I say or what I tell you yeah. is that has to have been part of what appealed to you as sort of like a rebellious state yeah, totally. yeah. in the nineties is that Jesus is saying, this is what society says, but what I say. Yeah. Um, and so for the, for some, maybe they're listening or, you know, who knows what, right? they, they've watched your videos. Like um, as you and I, as communicators, as ministers, as pastors, like how can we yeah. better, I'm just so burdened. Yes listening to you talk and, and yeah. so many people who have influenced me and like thinking, how can we best mm. strip away all of the false or misconceptions about Jesus and yeah. better communicate Jesus and the gospel? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, you and John have nailed it with these videos, but obviously, you know, you want to be able to go back to those skate parks and youth groups and churches and yeah. you know, the equivalent of the the poor and downtrodden of Jesus's day. So how how is it that your heart beats for the local church pastor, whoever mm. might be, to better communicate the gospel mm. in today's world? Yeah, man, that's a great, that's a really great question. I need to think about that more. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I Cause like because yeah, I mean, here, I'm not a graphic yeah, designer. I can't draw. Totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, but but here's the thing: is that um, you know you can watch a video on YouTube and it can change the way how you think about someone. But like someone in your actual life who's present and who's committed to you and who um, loves you through generous acts of kindness, like that, that's actually what we care about and value is, and what we want. Yeah. And when we don't have those relationships, you know, life is like it's a barren desert, you know? And, uh, and so it's sort of like what, um, what the last year and not being able to, to gather and all of that and the way virtual church has forced us all to reconceive what we even think the value of a local church is for sure one among the many things that that it seems like we're learning is that one of the primary values of a local community is lived communal relationships and a mm -hmm. sense of group identity and value that we bring to each other's lives and that's it that's like what jesus cared about like mm -hmm. or just again back to the thing we were just talking about sermon on the mount for him that's it like that relational reality is primary. And mm -hmm. if, if I'm not, and so as communicators or for a local church, um, I, uh, I, I mean, it seems to me that, that that's primary. Like, because mm -hmm. that is the most compelling thing is going, yeah. going to be about the people who actually are in my life who care about me. Mm -hmm. I will want to be around those people and I will be compelled to, to believe what they tell me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially if they're living it out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh yeah. and and what that also does is it it puts severe limitations on what any one community can be and do cuz like I can't we can only be that way towards so many people, which means mm -hmm. um we it's likely we need a lot more local churches yeah. uh yeah. as opposed to to fewer and that all what a church philosophy of church ministry and all that that's very contextual mm -hmm. but i think that's probably something that is, is pretty universal yeah. and that jesus cared about too absolutely and you know you spent so much time in academia um teaching as a student writing your dissertation i think i'm like 
Ezekiel or so, yeah. I mean, you know, I just, yeah. I mean, you know, you've been in the thick of it from the academic standpoint, but what's most fascinating to me about, um, like for instance, you know, University of Wisconsin, that PhD program is very elite. I think it's, it's very well known in the, in yeah, the Hebrew it, world, so it to was, speak. It was certainly rigorous. <laughs> It was, well, yeah, a laissez-faire PhD program probably yeah. is not one to yeah, you know sign solid, up for. But solid point. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, w- when you were studying, I'm sure you spent time even looking at Aramaic and Ugaritic and all these Semitic type things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you spent a year in Jerusalem or in mm-hmm. Israel studying. Mm-hmm. Um, as you ventured out of kind of our Western context, whether through academia mm-hmm. and then even you know spending time abroad. Um, was there anything that sort of surprised you about um, maybe some of the preconceived notions that we as Americans have about mm. Jesus and Christianity mm. and the church as you studied from an academic standpoint the rest of the world oh. and then experienced it yourself? I see. Well, uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, back to kind of a broken record, but um, uh, my experience of the Bible has been a continued experience of learning to try and learn to hear from people who lived in another culture and time. Yeah. And uh, I have a hard enough time just trying to make myself understood and understand my wife, who I live with, <laughs> Yeah. and for her to understand me. Like, it's mm-hmm. very, it takes a lot of effort. And so, um, yeah, you know, um, uh, there was something about uh, leaving Portland and going to upper Midwest culture yeah. And then going to live in Jerusalem, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of like Euro Middle Eastern culture. Right. And so, so all of those experiences um, and learning, learning different languages. Yeah, it's learning to see the world through other people's eyes. Mm-hmm. And I, at some point it clicked to me like, oh, that's really what I'm doing every time I open the Bible is trying to yeah. do that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And um, no, man. And, and so, yeah, seeing the ways that throughout church history, um, and Jewish history, different yeah. Jewish and Christian communities have uh, both allowed the Bible to shape them, but then have also reshaped the Bible in their own culture's image. It's just, it's inevitable. And so mm-hmm. the question is, do, what tools do we have in place to at least show me when I'm colonizing the Bible with my yeah. own culture's, you know, worldview or values mm-hmm. and, uh, and just, uh, and again, all, that's actually one of the most valuable parts of a local church community because any given church community even if it's seems monoculture it's but it's made up of different people <laughs> yeah yeah and everybody so, is their own culture in a way yeah. that's exactly so I, I yeah yep so there was something about being out of an american context though um mm-hmm. and uh fin- finishing my coursework there in jerusalem really yeah. uh really t- put that whole process in hyperdrive for about a year. And yeah, I came back with a very different sense of my own identity in the world as having grown up in America and Mm. um, realized that the things that I came to recognize in, you know, Israeli or Palestinian culture and the challenges they have, I would come come back and I started noticing things in my own city that I had never Mm. noticed before. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, it was really really humbling anyway i could go on but you that's the yeah you get the straight, <laughs> well the and, and obviously you know finishing a phd program in you know basically hebrew studies in jerusalem is about as good as it gets i would imagine no it's uh, incredible <laughs> i i can't 
believe the the, the honor and the privilege yeah. it was to have that education. I really every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful. Well, and it's all, you know, that and teaching at Black Hawk um, after school and then, you know, Door of Hope Mm -hmm. and Exploring My Strange Bible all has led now to these years now where you and John have been pioneering the Bible Project and everything that it's doing now. And um, one thing that's fascinating to me about the Bible Project, um, and I've heard you and John talk about it, is that so much of what the Bible Project does is based off of like the science surrounding attention span and brain, yeah. you know, like neurology and like, which sort of indicates surprisingly, of course, not really that a mm. five to 10 minute video might actually be more impactful than a 45 minute sermon. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> at least in some respects of the word. Yeah, so, no, I get it. so one thing I've always loved about the Bible project is the profound amount of research I can tell that you put into every video and your graphic mm. designers are, I mean, mm. putting mm. so much time in, mm. but being the researcher that you are, mm. Does it just drive you crazy sometimes mm. to leave stuff out of the videos? Because when I listen to you talk about some of these things, I go, it has to be driving him crazy that he can't expound on this for oh, 10 sure. weeks. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. But it, um, I've come to see the power and value of being concise about the right thing mm. that I really see the value. We were just had a painful conversation about a whole section of the video on the Beatitudes for the Sermon on the Mount that we're going to mm. cut. And, um, oh man, it's like severing an arm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's only like 30 seconds, but, um, but I just realized like, oh, it's a distraction. Or we call them speed bumps. Okay. It's like it's going to actually detract from the main thing. And so it's a good thing, but it's not the best. And uh, so, I, yeah, I've just, we've just learned to like pick stuff up off the cutting room floor and we'll talk about it in a podcast. Or it's okay. It's just yeah. for the sake of communication. Uh, so I've learned so much from John in this mm. arena of communication strategy, which things which I feel like I should have known about yeah. from being a pastor. <laughs> but uh, there's something like when you've got 30 to 40 minutes, you fill it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. when you force yourself like six minutes, yeah. what, how do you boil this down with no fluff? Yeah. And uh, it's such a useful exercise. And uh, I, I'm re- so I'm really grateful for it, even though it's challenged me as a communicator. It's been yeah. good. So, good so difficult. No, anybody who's never done that, um, even trying to take like a sermon from 45 to 35 minutes or something like totally. that is yes. so difficult because yes. you think everything is the most important thing. Totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, it's actually it's an act of love to yeah. um, trim down and get to the heart of things quickly because you're valuing your listener more than what you were interested in as a your speaker, content yeah which is really uh, humbling <laughs> very much so and yeah. I, tim, I think tim keller said one time that the most important part of writing a sermon is what you leave out um yeah. and and obviously yeah. for a five to ten minute video on spiritual beings or yeah. the sermon on the mount yeah. i mean there's so much more that you could i mean you have bookshelves from you know thousands of years of writings that you are probably telling John, Hey, you know, what would be great to put in, <laughs> you know, yeah. is these hundreds years of scholarship yeah. that we, yeah. can't you know, but, uh, but we can also flip it. So what a project we're a couple years into that's still in beta is filming classes, having live students yes. around a table and doing classes. Mm-hmm. And, um, next month we have our first guest professor, um, okay. coming in to teach a class and, um, 
And the goal is in a few years to just have a whole library of seminary, yeah. seminary level classes up. But even then, it's like I just spent 14 hours with students last week going through Genesis 12 to 25, the Abraham story. And even yeah. then, Jeremy, there wasn't enough time. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I just kind of learned, like, these are the kinds of texts and this is the type of content that's made for a lifetime of meditation. So there's yeah. never going to be any one time where you can do the, everything that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And that's actually freed me to be like, okay, yeah. so in this moment, what's the thing that we're going to do about this text or that story from just one angle? Because that's all you can ever mm -hmm. give is one angle. And it really yeah. it's freed me to be like, we don't yeah. have to say everything all of the time. You can just do... Yeah this bit at that one time even you just saying that made me feel better like it's a it's a life so i yeah. teach i teach uh world religions and um and, along with pastoring and um huh. and I'm, I'm continually daunting with like this idea of like how can we do islam in one week you know how can we do yeah. hinduism yeah, in sure. one week you know sure. a 16 week semester or something like that and you're right i mean as as leaders communicators pastors whatever position you or I might find ourselves in or a listener mm. is that mm. transformative learning and in, in anytime you come to Jesus, mm. you're going to be transformed is that it should propel us to a lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, like you just said, I think that's mm -hmm. wonderful. And, and mm -hmm. it's so it seems to be such a part of the fabric of the Bible project is that you're really just trying to spark somebody to say, totally. hey, there's more to this. And, that's right. you know, there's yeah. bookshelves of, you know, there's libraries of information that you can go and um, it has it been difficult throughout the years for you. You know, you, you mentioned you're in your 40s. So you've been teaching the Bible for a very long time. Has there been an aspect for you where success has become getting somebody to be interested in it on their own as opposed to you hmm. trying to maybe get them to recite or regurgitate something that you're just telling them? Hmm. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I, I'm actually not a very strategic thinker um, <laughs> or planner on that. I just love, I just love this stuff, like mm -hmm. everything about Jesus and everything about the scriptural tradition. I just find so beautiful and fun mm -hmm. and a gateway to think about the most important, lofty, beautiful things a human mind could ever yeah. comprehend. And so to be honest, like. Uh, whatever the medium or setting is, like I, I just want to like mm -hmm. learn about something cool and then share other people and show other people how cool yeah. it is. And so, um, uh, in terms of like pedagogical goals, we have people like that on our team now, and it's really yeah. good because they oh, help wow. us like plan out like hmm, what content should we <laughs> yeah. make as opposed to just you have to you have to do it a certain way, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you need both. You need both. Yeah, absolutely. Like, to just have a pedagogical strategy for how to help people learn. Uh, but without just the pure joy of discovering beautiful ideas that make me want to follow Jesus and be a better human. You mm -hmm. need both. You need yeah. both. And um, But for me, just personally, in terms of my own temperament, I, it, I just have, this is a phrase I learned from John, to just go where the energy is. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, and you, you can't always do that. But if you can give yourself space to just always keep learning, and not have to have a utilitarian purpose or a strategic mm -hmm. goal for what you're learning about. Yeah. It kind of keeps keeps things fresh as yeah. it does anyway. Yeah, and you and John are such like a powerful uh, duo because I've heard you say something like, 
John is an intense questioner. Yeah. And in yeah. so much of the videos and the podcast start with John like asking you a question. And I don't know if you've ever seen, I think there's a meme where it's like, thanks to John Collins for pretending to not know all these things so that we can learn. <laughs> totally. Um, totally. And I think that's so appropriate yeah. because I kind of yeah. go, I think like, you guys, I mean, he went to, did he go to Multnomah too? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we met in college, yeah. That's yeah, right. so I'm like, he knows a lot of this. But, um, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, you know what's actually, he, uh, he uh, has a great story because for years, um, while well, I was going to school for too long, he was, <laughs> Uh, had started a, a business making short explainer videos like what we mm -hmm. make, but just for yeah. clients. And so as he streamlined that process, um, whenever it would be like a client, like a, a tech company or something, and he would just go have a discovery week, sit with them for whole days and do what he does with he and I, yeah. but about their whatever, their little cloud mm -hmm. computing product or something. And yeah. um, I just said they're little cloud like it's, <laughs> it's like you don't work but yeah massive massive pieces of technology but sorry what he would say is he learned to have in the first meeting to say you guys know this thing i'm going to be tempted to act like i know so that i don't feel stupid wow. and so he just said he would begin every meeting to just say when it comes to this thing that you want me to help you explain i'm stupid and i need wow. permission to ask stupid questions and so what's made him good, I think, is he's freed himself to not care about looking silly. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's a wonderful to, to, for the, over the long haul to, to have that kind of dialogue partner in your life because mm. it just frees both people from you know, trying to um, manage perception of each other and you just go okay all right so yeah yeah <laughs> i this may be really dumb that i don't know the answer to this but wow and that's it's no, a really so freeing good. freeing dynamic yeah, yeah. i I've, I've always told people when i when i look at jesus and i look at how he related to his disciples um and it might seem confusing but i've always told people i sort of relate to thomas because other than when he doubted every time we see thomas we see him asking questions yeah yeah sure and and so yeah. like i think about what you just said about john saying hey i'm going to give myself permission to ask stupid questions don't you think that like we would all be so so much better off if we all just said hmm. hey you know more than this you know even pastors like if we yeah. sought out the yeah. guy down the street who pastors a different church maybe yes. yeah. um and said hey you know more about this than I do. I'm just going to ask you like really dumb questions. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. um, because that seems to be at least part of the catalyst to the Bible project and like just the, mm -hmm. the, the great things that you guys are putting out to where it is John going, Hey Tim, can you explain what the word hope means? Mm -hmm. You know? And, and <laughs> yeah, sure. And I know it's yeah. scripted, but it's, I mean, to a certain degree, I, yeah. go, I feel like they've had this conversation at some point. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah. But yeah. you know, I mean, but th that permission to ask, and it's not stupid questions. It's yeah. questions yeah. that, we yeah. think are stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So going, going forward, Bible project, like you mentioned the, basically the free seminary classes, which mm -hmm. I think everybody should be taking advantage of. And you're continuing to put out the, the various word study videos and all these things. What, what in your heart and mind, what, what is the next few years of the Bible project look like to you? Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> we're yeah. Full steam ahead on continuing to make explainer videos. That's kind of like the back, Bone, yeah. and it's so fun and yeah. such a good learning process for me and John and our team so that you know that'll continue at some point 
John's convinced we're just a few years away from when we're all going to be having glasses viewing the world in augmented reality and headsets and so on. And so it's he's he's a futurist and he's already thinking down that lane of like what mm-hmm. is that you know communication revolution. Yeah. How's that going to impact what we do? So who knows? Uh, it's yet yet to be created. Um, there's the classroom. One, well, we have an app underway. Oh, wow. Um, that, uh, and when I say we, I mean like yeah. I've sat in on a, a few. You're aware of it. Of the ground floor <laughs> meetings. But yeah. uh, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty neat. Um, not just because it's a place where all the Bible Project ecosystem of content will all be interrelated and connected, but... Um, um, we are envisioning a, a digital Bible reader that is not that doesn't exist. Um, mm. Imagine an interactive Bible where you can not just click on words and do word studies, but a big part of this literature is its artistic design. And so, what if you could turn on features of a biblical passage and begin to see literary patterns yeah. or experience a Bible th- through not just the one passage you're looking at, but through the multiple passages that connected to and see yeah. visually in interrelationships. And so um, we're just on the ground floor, yeah. but it's, um, it'd be pretty, because the Bible, it existed on these scrolls, these ancient scrolls, but especially for the Hebrew scriptures, these scrolls were visual prompts for this meta thing that existed in the minds and hearts of a community. It was mostly memorized literature. Mm-hmm. And so how could we create a visual, interactive learning experience where we experience the Bible the way it was designed, which is as a multi-dimensional reality? Mm-hmm. And um, man, I'm super excited about that. <laughs> you have me excited. Um, yeah. it's, is it, it's, it's sort of like, I've heard you talk about <clears throat> patterns and, yeah. helping people see the quilt you know yeah. like helping people see that it's yeah. like <clears throat> symphony where the same theme is repeated over and over again yes but yes you guys are at the forefront and <laughs> thankfully i mean it, it seems that, that way at least i don't know a lot of people who are talking the way you are but yeah. um but that is hugely exciting and so yeah. mm-hmm. you know tim i mean i think i say this and i speak for a lot of people um but i'll, I'll just say it on behalf of me and my friends and the guys that i pastor with i'm so thankful um, for so many things in how you teach and how you help the rest of us see the world through the lens of Jesus. And I'm so thankful that all those years ago you met Jesus in that skate park uh-huh. and, um, and then you and John are doing what you do. And so, um, yeah, man, that's so exciting. And I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for so much of it. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm excited to see what happens from it. And so thank you for making some time to be on my show. I'm, I know that in the midst of your crazy schedule out there in Portland, you have so much to do, um, but it's been a real blessing. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah. Oh, ab- yeah, totally. Absolutely. This is my idea of a very good time to talk about this kind of stuff. I appreciate, appreciate the invitation.